This is Working the Beat. It is Monday night, October 17th, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Mike will join us in a minute. My apologies in advance for a sore throat. And uh, but trying to labor on after one of the most exciting weekends in Philadelphia sports history. And, you know, some people say that and you think, well, it's a little bit hyperbolic, isn't it? You know, to think that... Uh, <laughs> You know, one weekend was that good. Now, when your team goes to the National Championship Series in a Cinderella run, which the Phillies are doing now, and then you see on Sunday night the Eagles beat their arch rival to go to 6-0 and and remain the NFL's only undefeated team, it's a pretty good weekend. It's a pretty good weekend all in South Philly. So Mike Silski is going to join us. Mike was down at the ballpark on Saturday uh, for 94WIP. And he was down at the uh, Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday night uh, for Eagles-Cowboys. And he wrote a great column on Monday's Inquirer or Inquirer.com, depending on how you consume your content uh, these days. So we'll talk to Mike a little bit about just everything going on. Sixers actually do start tomorrow night uh, in Boston. And uh, the Flyers are 2-0. So, hey, things are going well. Union start the playoffs this coming week. Um but obviously the main event has been the Phillies who I would be lying to you. If you had told me three weeks ago that this team would still be playing baseball. I, I, if I had told you that, I just did not think there was any way possible. In fact, I remember the final night when they played the Braves in the regular season here before they went on that road trip and they looked bad. Those final two games against the Braves here. And uh, I remember turning to some people. I'm like, I don't think they're making it. Boy, I'm an idiot, and uh, they played extremely well against Atlanta. And we'll talk about the long-term implications for the franchise through this run, and heck, a shot at a World Series, which I don't think any of us would have thought was reasonable uh, two weeks ago. So Mike Silski will join Mr. Kern and I after this little musical interlude. It's a recap of maybe the best weekend in Philadelphia sports history. That's next on Working. The beat. And yes, because it's required, we have to play this song. Obviously, one of the biggest weekends in Philadelphia sports history. If you, you know, just go by the sheer excitement volume in the city between what happened with the Phillies on Friday and Saturday, and then the Eagles going to six and zero last night, and there is not a better person to talk about this with besides Mister Kern, obviously, uh, than Mike Zilski, who wrote a great column in the uh, Inquirer this morning uh, about the Eagles and how good they really are. And uh, was at Citizens Bank Park for WIP on Saturday um, for game four. Michael, how are you? Michael, Michaels, how are you? <laughs> yeah, man. Doing fine, Kev. Good to be with you guys. Um, all right. Let, let me let me ask you, Silski. Uh, I guess the initial reaction to this is something. This is the Philadelphia reaction. So what goes wrong in all this? What, why is <laughs> like... Because it's almost too good to be true at this point of what has happened in these last, well, in the last six weeks when you count the Eagles, but especially the last two when you throw the Phillies in. Uh, all right. So if if we're operating on that presumption that Philadelphia sports fans are always looking to the sky for the anvil that's about to fall on their faces, um, what's, what's the non-silver lining in this? Well, one, that the Phillies lose to the Padres – somehow because that is certainly possible Mm -hmm. and who knows maybe they lose in a way that you know dampens or sours the the good feelings that they've engendered over the last couple of weeks um i'd be surprised if that happened but i suppose it's possible uh as far as the eagles go i i don't really want to be a, a dour person here but i'll be honest guys i'm a little concerned about lane johnson 
the you know, concussion? he left that game Sunday night with a concussion at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. That's his third concussion in five years. This was a totally underplayed story last night because everybody was giddy over the Eagles' victory and moving to 6-0 and and beating the Cowboys. But this is pretty serious. Nick Sirianni had no update on Lane today. Um, and so is there something that could derail the Eagles? I think missing the best right tackle in football could be that. Never mind what it might mean for Lane's career. Yeah, and Jack Driscoll was not a suitable replacement last night. Uh, granted, it was against Michael Parsons, but he was not a suitable replacement at that spot. Yeah, and look, I mean, Lane Johnson has been – um, one of the best players in the NFL period, let alone at his position for a long time. He's been very upfront and honest and open and brave, I think, about mm-hmm. speaking about the mental health issues that he's dealt with during his career. It would be, you know, it would really be a bad thing if this were something that shortened his career in some way. And, you know, this is the 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 conundrum that football puts you in, right? Like we're thinking about it in terms of his career. And we're also thinking about it in terms of like, how does this affect the Eagles who are six and O and we hope could go to the Super Bowl? So never mind, never mind what it could do for his long-term life. And right. Quality exactly. Of life. Yeah. exactly. So um, I'm not saying it wasn't a great weekend. And again, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer here, but Kev, you asked me the question, yeah. and that's, that's what my answer would be. Mike, when you look, uh, Kern, when you look at uh, just the way this weekend developed, I mean, uh, you know, it's been a long time since a weekend like this happened. I mean, there's been teams that have won Super Bowls, but there hasn't been like a second part of that. Um, I don't remember a weekend like this. Okay. I mean, I remember, look, the Sixers and the Flyers in 2001 playing every other night. For six weeks. Yeah, that was... But you're talking about a weekend. I'm talking about three days. Right. That lined up like this. And if the Eagles had been playing the Browns last night, it wouldn't have been the same. They were playing the Cowboys. Yeah. Who had won four straight with a backup quarterback. You you couldn't script this. Three weeks ago, nobody cared about this Phillies team. Mm-hmm. Nobody was showing up. To, they didn't play home for, for 17 days or whatever it was. But again, and, and you asked Mike... You know, what could sour this? Well, obviously, the Eagles could get soured if they don't get to the Super Bowl or whatever. That's still three months away. Nothing can sour this Philly season for me. If you're a Philadelphia, let's say they lose to the Padres. I mean, okay, if they lose in four games or something, and, you know, maybe you walk away saying, uh, yeah, that would. how can you get down on what's happened? You can't. No. If they lose in this round to a team that basically they're about even teams, they look like, and the Padres were actually a pretty good team, so Tatis got, you know, whatever he dealt with them, and then they kind of showered for like a month, month and a half, and they look like they've regained. You know, they've beaten two better teams than the Phillies beat. I mean, if you well, go by the records. Well, the, the yeah, I mean. The, they beat 200-win teams. 200-win teams. Yeah, and, and by the way, Kevin, the Padres are still playing. So the next time I tell you the Padres have a shot, and you're like, no yeah. way. Well, yeah, because it's baseball, Kevin. We saw three, two of the last three years a wild card team won the World Series, you know. And so, the third year in '88 when team won it. How many times Atlanta. does the team that finishes with the best record? Well, I want to I want to get into that a little bit but, later because that that's yeah, a discussion so, like, that's a discussion that's been big all weekend in in baseball circles with the Dodgers and the Braves going out. Well, yeah, but this is what wild card sports are about. In the Super Bowl last year, you had a four seed. Playing a uh, a five seed, I believe, if my oh, math, you know, if I, now most times in football, the one and two seeds tend to kind of get there. Right. But again, they're they're not going to back away from this. They people love playoffs. That's why leagues keep adding rounds of playoffs because they love play. The ratings have been like through the roof. They're not going back on this. You know, that's the Dodgers' problem, the Mets' problem, the Braves' problem. If you can't beat teams that you had a better record with during the season. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. You know, they gave the Cardinals three home games. Yeah. That was an advantage. You know, uh, the, the, the Braves had, you know, pitching issues. Um, it happens. Uh, and the Phillies have, you know, two guys throwing right now that gives them a chance because they haven't given up. Between the two of them, they've given up like two runs in the last month. Like the one thing, uh, you know, when they came home from Atlanta on Wednesday, obviously Hoskins' defense – Defensive miscue in game two was the was the standout moment. But what what alarmed me was the fact that 
there were so many guys in that lineup who were not hitting. Uh, you know, Cassianos had a big game one, but Schwarber wasn't hitting, and Hoskins wasn't hitting, and you could go down the lineup. It looked like some of the younger guys maybe were getting a little vulnerable. Man, this weekend they hit everything it seemed like in sight, and, and, and that to me is the most amazing part of what that weekend was. Yeah, look, um, you know, to, to Mike Kern's point about the playoffs, the sport, I, I don't know that there's a sport of the four main ones, and I, I don't know enough about MLS to, to make this kind of pronouncement about that league, but certainly among the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL, postseason baseball is more different from regular season baseball yeah. than the other three sports are from their regular seasons. Um, it, the style of play is just different. You don't see managers pulling their starting pitchers, yeah. you know, at, at the very first sign of trouble um, during the regular season in the way that you do in the postseason. And that's and why so, it's, and that's why it's the most volatile, maybe with the exception of the NHL, where if you have a goaltender, you have a shot. Yeah, no, I think Major League Baseball is more volatile than the NHL. Yeah. I, I, I do. Um, I think the, the hot goalie thing is overrated in hockey. Um, look at the history. It kind of bears that out. But be that as it may, to your point, Kev, like in a short series, all it takes is Reese Hoskins getting one pitch mm-hmm. and hitting it. All it takes is Bryson Stott fouling off nine pitches, four two right. strike pitches mm-hmm. to, to get Spencer Strider tired enough that he grooves a slider and grooves a couple fastballs. And before you know it, um, it's a, it's a four nothing game on your way to a six nothing game. So, you know, the sport is just different at this time of year. And, and to me, you know, listening to you guys talk, you know, it, it kind of got me thinking that what we're really talking about here with respect to the Phillies is a span of four games. You're talking about two games in St. Louis and two games at home. Yeah, I guess you'd say five. Five. All right, game you know, one. But, game one. But even then, I mean, they, they had the bullpen issues that have kind of plagued them all year. That kind of almost sunk them in game five. Right. Uh, game one. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't take a whole lot to wipe out the skepticism and the cynicism that was around the Phillies for a long time. I mean, you know, Mike made a good point about how nobody cared about this team. I don't know that. I don't mean nobody cared. But no, I I know what you mean. Mike. Nobody because went. People people were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. They were waiting for. Um, for that to happen where they just said, oh, okay, the Phillies are blowing it. That's what's that's what the Phillies do, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. And so it kind of freed people, I think, to to follow this team and cheer for this team with an enthusiasm that they otherwise might not have had. Hey, think about it. If they don't have that goofy ninth inning in game one against St. Louis, right? Arenado misses a ball. The, the Cardinals reliever, who had been whatever, walks through and hits one because his finger's hurting or whatever is the reason. If the Phillies don't do that, and they were 0-54 in those games this year, and the Cardinals were 93-0 in their whole postseason history. But okay, it happened. And then they go on this run. But they, they could have easily lost to the Cardinals in two or three. And then we wouldn't even be having these conversations, but they didn't. To their credit, and then they came home for the first time in 17 games, and they decided they can actually hit the ball. And, you know, now will that carry over to the series? I don't know. They got to go to San Diego now. Yeah, and they're going to face and they're going to face three pretty good starters. I mean, yeah, but they're going to throw two really good starters, right? I mean, let, let's be real. They, they, Wheeler's giving up how many? If you, that one inning where he gave up the three runs, which all wasn't his fault. That was the Hoskins inning. Um, between him and Noah, how many runs have they given up in their last combined ten starts? Probably about since nine. Wheeler came back from the injury. Probably about I mean, ten or eleven total. I don't even think it's that many, Kev. It's. Yeah. Well, how about in the postseason? What have they given up in the postseason? Oh, Nola's not giving up any, and Wheeler's and, giving and up. Wheeler gave up the one inning. One inning. Right. But, so, I mean, I'm just saying, they've been six innings of basically, you know, if the Phillies can score two or three runs when they pitch, they got a fairly good chance of winning the game. Mike, the yeah, I, I, think, I think the other thing that, that we're underselling and that people are underselling about the Phillies' chances is that for the first time in a long time, they have arms in the bullpen who can strike people out. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference in the postseason. You have Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado, and to a lesser degree, Zach Eflin, if he's pitching well, uh, and David Robertson, if he's healthy, you know, and if you're the Phillies, you're crossing your fingers about him. But that's really, really important. You know, I mean, you see what can happen. Look, go back to game one in Atlanta 
where just by putting the ball in play, mm-hmm. you get big, you can create big innings. And if yep. you can minimize, you know, look, this is part of the reason that baseball got boring after a while, right? Is that everybody went after arms that could strike people out and there were too many strikeouts, but come the playoffs, those things matter. And um, that's a huge advantage. Well, isn't it funny guys too? Like baseball has become so much a home run game. And look, the Phillies hit some home runs. I'm not said they hit, they had a few big home runs at home, but how many runs did they manufacture, which they didn't tend that to do? That was game one. That was the yeah, entire and, and, output in game one. And in baseball, like like to Mike's point before, why it becomes a different game is every pitch is important. If God forbid the ump misses a call on one and one, and now it's one and two instead of two, the whole the whole like at bat changes, and it's just a fascinating. Game. We miss it in a 162 game season because you just can't get into it. It's just too much. But in a playoff situation, I mean, I find myself watching. I'm riveted for three and a half hours or whatever, and I never do that during the regular season. And it's not just because the Phils are winning. I'm watching other series too, right? And other games. It, it's. I mean, that one day where those four games were on, and the one game went like. 15 innings, and in the one game they came back from the 8-1 deficit. Right. Oh, my God, what a day that was. But my, uh, Sielski, um, let me get to you on this one. Phillies went 4-3 and three against the Padres this year, and I know you can't read too much in the season series because it was all the way back in, like, May, okay? Mm-hmm. But they're going to face Juan Soto, who they did not face that those seven times around back in the early part of the season. I think he's the guy in that lineup they really have to be concerned about because one, he knows Wheeler and Nola better than anybody else in that in that Padre lineup, and two, he he was smoking the ball against the Dodgers. Every ball coming off his bat was over a hundred on on exit velocity. It, it, he just feels like the guy the Phillies are going to have to shut down if they're going to win this series. Who's that, Kevin? Juan Soto. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, Kev. I think it's easy to overlook the fact that Soto struggled so much after the trade yeah. from the Nationals. Um, Go to I mean, Bell, too, right? Yeah. Bell, he's Bell a, struggled, too, right? Yeah. He's a top-five hitter when yeah. he's right in Major League Baseball. He just right. he is. Um, so, yeah, they they got to be very careful with him, and they've got to hey. be very careful with Manny Machado. And, um, look, I, I think the Phillies are going to win this series in six games. I think they're going to – you know, split in San Diego, take two out of three at home, and then close the thing out. With Nola uh, back in game six. Yeah. Um, but they can very well lose this series. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, nobody should be under any illusions like they're just going to roll. I would be very surprised if that happened. Um, you know, like Mike said, this, the Padres have good starting pitching, you know, uh, between Darvish and Snell, uh, you know, and the rest of that rotation. It's very good. Um, we the clo- their closer looks like he's back on track a little bit. Yeah, and it's and it's look as hot as the Phillies have been over the last couple of games. Uh, to Mike's point, they can get that cold yeah. too. I yeah, mean, that's, that's true. just the nature of what they are. Again, I don't mean to be a wet blanket, but you know, let's be realist- realistic about this. Hey, do you guys find it interesting um, th- that it's Machado versus Harper? Yes. Like, yeah. A couple of years ago, they were the two, and the Phillies were like, "Yeah, which one are we going to sign?" And here we are. I guess it's four years later, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I find that just fascinating how that, you know, that storyline kind of works. I would love to find the carpenter who tried to talk uh, Machado in the coming here. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure TV is going to find him. They they found the said guy, you know, yes. this week from 11 years ago. So, um, Mike, you have young, you have two kids who this is. I guess Ev was alive, but he wasn't old enough to appreciate the run last time, right? If, how old oh, was he that? wasn't um he was four years four months old when okay. the Phillies got yeah. beat by the Cardinals in twenty eleven. Um that's one thing, you know I, I always felt in, in looking at the reaction this weekend was fans always love going to the ballpark and everything, but the Phillies had lost it. We're starting to get ready to lose a generation here. Um because who had not experienced this having two young kids and watching them kind of how much have they been into this a and B how much do you think it kind of helps the franchise not have that skip generation that let's be honest we were almost a part of except for 93 yeah I think it helps a lot um speaking for my own situation um Evan who's a, who's the older of my two sons is 11. He's the sports fan of the two. The younger one, Gabe, isn't into sports nearly as much. Um, but Evan has been out in the backyard 
tossing tennis balls up in the air to himself and whacking them with an aluminum bat. He has been watching uh, baseball games every day um, since the playoffs began. He's really gotten into the playoffs as a whole. And and I think you're right, Kev. I think, you know, and, and it's more than just the team's success. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a huge factor, obviously, back in, you know, call it 2005, really through 2012. Right. You know, before they started making the playoffs in that full season afterward. It wasn't just that they were great teams for a lot of those years. It was the atmosphere at that ballpark. That that ballpark became the biggest party in Philadelphia. It was every new night. Right. It was new. It was uh, it was fun. It was uh, it was just the place to hang out. You're right. It was the thing to do mm-hmm. on a summer night in and around the city. And you you can't. It's hard to recapture that. And I think that's part two of what is happening here in the last week or two is that people are rediscovering, Hey, it's fun to go to the ballpark. It's fun to go and have a beer or two and get something good to eat and sit there for a few hours and hang out and, you know, maybe Harper will pop one or Schwarber will pop one. You know, that, that, that was the formula back in 06, 07, 08, 09. It was Ryan Howard, Chase Sutley, Jimmy Rollins, Pat Burrell. It was a fun team to watch. They were, they were deep offensively, and, and there were fireworks every night. And um, I, I think I think you make a good point. I think I think society has changed where yeah. you need more of those kinds of things. You know, for our generation, Kev, it was enough to listen to Harry, Harry and Harry Whitey, yeah, on the radio, on your stoop, or down the shore, or whatever. Now you need more. And finally, the Phillies have gotten back to giving hey. people the more. How much money do you think, Kev, that the Phillies made in the last two weeks? going towards next year, when you're looking ahead to next year. And I'm not saying they're going to – got to believe they're going to sell 5,000 to 10,000 extra season tickets. Well, I don't know if it'll be that much, but it'll, well, okay, be, but it'll it, be significant. But, but people will be – it'll be a lot more than yeah. it was going this year. I, I mean, uh, you know, and I know they weren't drawing a lot this I, year. I would give this word of warning, though, okay? And this is me being the wet blanket now, Silski. Um, Somebody's got to take the baton. Right. Everybody has compared this, oh, this could be the start like 07 was of a run. This isn't that. No, I agree with you, Kev. Yeah, you're right. This is not that. Your best player's 30. Your catcher's 31. Schwarber's getting older. You got a lot of guys who, in a year or two, that are going to hit the tipping point here. Now, uh, is the minor league system producing more? Yeah. Do you trust Dombrowski maybe to make some moves? This offseason is going to be huge with what they're going to decide to do. One, they're probably going to extend Nola. I think that's a definite. And I, you know, uh, I would think that the Hoskins conversations are going to be pretty serious about whether they're going to trade him or not. Um, but this is, this is not, this is more like ninety three to me than it is oh seven to eleven. I think it's somewhere in between, Kevin. Yeah, I I agree with Mike. I think. Yeah, I don't think that, it's ninety three necessarily, but no, that window's two three years. That's it. 93 was a bolt from the blue. It yes. was not, they were not building toward right. 93. Right, right. It was just, it just happened. happened. Right. You know, they stayed healthy. 07 through 2011, they were, they had been building toward that mm-hmm. in a way that they really didn't this time. I mean, they, they kind of just, they bought what they needed this time around. It was longer, it was a longer build up period than 93, but it's not really quite the same thing. They thought they were going to contend for a while just based on being able to buy and trade for players. And that's different from 07 through 2011. That's, yeah, I mean, that's you, fair. People better get – look, we could be sitting here next year and they, they could – I mean, I think they're going to be a playoff team next year, but they're in the same division with the Braves. And they're in the – and I don't know what the Mets are going to be next year, but the Mets were pretty good this year. They're going to so, spend. Yeah, I mean, they may not be – they may not go as far next year. No. Or year. Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantees. That's why you have to savor this. Because you don't know. The way sports are nowadays, we can sit here and say, and I know I've read a couple of the columns, and I get this is a start or something. I know Dave Murphy had whatever. And, and yes, it's 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 start because they have an experience. But there's no guarantee, Kev, like you said, this is going to be a three or four or five no, year No, I, I don't maybe see it, it be. being that. I don't. No, I, no, but maybe it will be. Maybe some players will come up from the minors. Maybe it'll make it another good free agent acquisition. I don't know. But all I'm saying is it's a lot more fragile than the 207 the 211 thing i think and anyway. and the one thing that people have to keep in mind and we've talked about this in the past Kern, um is the idea that um 
you don't know what you're going to have from from Harper next year. You don't know if Harper's going to be around until June. I mean, you know, he, he with the elbow stuff, you don't know yeah, what that that's is. True. Yeah, that's so true. you better enjoy this because you're going to have a big hurdle right out of the yeah, gate. But, but I'm going to worry. Yeah, Castellanos is going to be MVP uh, next okay. year. By the so, way, Mike, I got to ask the most important question: Dancing on my own, um, the, the Robin version or the Tier Tiermo or Tierlo or whoever the the guy they're playing is. <laughs> I have no opinion on this at all. I'm 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 been listening to the War on Drugs for the last few days, <laughs> getting back into them. So. You, you 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 are staying away from the from the theme song thing. Yeah, no, I I still have. You know, it was funny, Kevin. It's funny you say this um, because being at the park on Saturday mm-hmm. for a playoff atmosphere got me thinking about it. It did take me back to like 2008 when um, Let It Rock would play oh, yeah. before every game yep. in 08 and, and how they would play that song. Oh nine, oh nine was a uh, ballpark, I think. Oh nine was the Black Eyed Peas with Tonight's Going to Be a Good Night. I, think oh, so, I like yeah. that song. Yeah. So it's, it's funny how. Um, how your memory can be triggered that way. Yeah. Hey, Mike, I, you were there Saturday. I got, I got to ask you this because I was at the game in 80 against the Cowboys and that, that was nuts. Okay. I mean, I, I heard about the 87 game versus the Oilers, the Flyers, you know, in the spectrum, whatever. What was that like Saturday? I mean, cause you were there for a lot of, of, you know, 08 through 11. How loud was that in, in that, in that stadium? It was it was pretty freaking loud, Mike. <laughs> um, I would put it. Up, I, I don't know that it was louder than, but I would put it up with. I'm trying to think of of. There's like three or four events that I've been to that really where you were like, oh my god, and none of them were LaSalle. No, surprisingly enough, yeah. Um, I'm thinking. <laughs> I had I'm a list in of, my head that I was thinking of just watching. Well, I, so I'm thinking of moments. More yeah, than same me. So I'm thinking of the Patrick Robinson interception return in the NFC Championship. I wasn't okay. there. Right. I'm thinking of Deuce Staley's touchdown in the NFC 2003 NFC Championship game before everything went to pot. Yep. Um, After I'm the Mitchell of, return, right. Right. I'm thinking of the Shane Victorino Grand Slam. That was one that came up. Against the Brewers uh, in 08. And, of course, the, the the winning of the World Series later that, that fall. I'll, I'll, throw um, one, I'll throw one more, Mike. Doc Halliday. <clears throat> Yeah, I wasn't there for holiday, right. for either of the holidays. The ha- how, about, um, how about Jimmy Rollins? Well, the the Rollins game in 09 and the holiday no, playoff no-hitter in Philly were as loud as I've heard it. They were louder than the World Series, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then the one, the other one, this is going to kind of come out of left field, but I remember being at um, Beaver Stadium in Happy Valley in 2002 after Penn State had been really down for three or four years before that. And Nebraska came in, and Penn State destroyed them. And it was the signal that, like, Penn State was back. And there were 110,000 people in that stadium, and it was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, And, again, you know, we don't often talk about Penn State in terms of Philly sports, but they have a huge fan base around here, and Mm -hmm. and I remember that night very, very well. Now, Mike, is it a little scary what it could be next week? I mean, let's say they come back 1-1. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming they're not coming back 0-2. They could. Or you know, 2-0. I mean, but what is that going to be like Friday, and especially like then if they win Friday, you know, going into Saturday and then go – I mean, what is that weekend and – and the whole stage is theirs because the Eagles are off. I, I think, Mike, there's a certain set of circumstances that, that is like ideal for Philadelphia fandom. And Game 3 and Game 4 of the Brave series mm-hmm. fit that in yeah. that neither game – uh, in neither game could the Phillies be eliminated, right. right? And the Phillies were the underdogs, but they're a good underdog. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not totally surprising to see them win, but they're still not favored to win. And so there was no pressure. And the fans themselves, you guys know this, you know, go go back to game five against the Cardinals in 2011. There was nervousness in that yeah. ballpark that night. Philadelphia's Philadelphians don't like their teams to be the favorites. They don't like to be expected to win. And games three and four were not that. It was just the Phillies are back in the playoffs. They've got a shot. It would be great to beat the Braves. Let's go there and scream our faces off. And then when Hoskins hit that home run, I mean, I wasn't there, but my God, my TV practically vibrated. Um, And then Harper two two pitches later. I think those conditions will be similar, if not exactly the same, 
you know, assuming they're not down two games to none. Right. Um, if it's 1-1 or if they're up 2-0, that game three th- Friday night is going to be just an atmosphere that I, I can't even put into words. You, it'll be you, Darvish, and uh, Zach Wheeler in game one. Probably uh, Blake Snell and Aaron Nola in game two as your matchups as the National League Championship Series gets underway. Mike, I want to transition to the Eagles real quick. Um, aside from the concerns on Lane Johnson, and I thought their second-half play calling, especially in the third quarter last night, was a little weird. But I think the best sign for the Eagles was the fact that when it got, you know, a couple weeks in a row now, when they've got when things have gotten tight, they've responded really well. Mm-hmm. And Shane Steichen has called the exact right drive on both those cases to keep keep things on the track. Yeah, I, I talked to Jordan Maialata at length about this after the game. I didn't get to use his insight, but um, I asked him, I said, when, when push comes to shove, what do you guys lean on? What do you guys rely on? And he said, uh, it's our inside zone running game. He said, the other team is calling it out. They know what we're going to do, and they can't stop it. And that's that's a huge weapon, and that's why, to me, the, the potential loss of lane is so meaningful and so potentially detrimental to them. Um but yeah, that's what that's what they do. They they that's what they did against the Cardinals. That's what they did last night against the Cowboys. They weren't throwing the ball all over the place when it mattered most. They were lining up behind that offensive line, and they were giving the ball to Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott and saying, "Let's go, guys!" You know, and the guys are Kelsey Dickerson, Mylotta, you know, Driscoll and Sam Malo. They know and their identity. They know that's their identity. Who they are. Yeah, that's who they are. Um, and. It's, it's, it may take some time before the rest of the league figures out how to stop this. Now, you know, they may get to a point where another team is just going to dare them to make Hurts drop back and beat them, and we'll see if they get to that point. But for right now, somebody's got to show that they can stop them from running the ball. Um, the only team so far that has is Washington, and they couldn't hold up in coverage, and Hurts picked them apart. So let's see. Colonel? Yeah, I, I don't know a lot. But I know this. Right now, as we sit here after week six, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. And the end, and it's not close. I mean, oh, Dallas. I don't might know be if the, it's not close. Dallas might be the second best team. I was team. just gonna say. I mean, San Francisco's got injury issues, the Rams got issues, Tampa's got issues, Green Bay's got issues. All the teams you thought, I mean, the Vikings, record wise, I guess the Vikings and the Giants are the second best teams. But anyway. So the Eagles, that doesn't mean you're going to get to the Super Bowl. It doesn't even mean you're going to get to the NFC Championship game. It just means that they should probably be the number one seed when all is said and done, unless something goofy happens. And I know there's only two teams in the AFC that I think are better than them right now, or as good as them. You can put them on the Bills and the Chiefs. And the Eagles, in theory, might only have to play one of them anyway, or none of them, but the Eagles are in a tremendous position. And given their schedule, given the fact that it's not a they're going to lose a couple of games. They have to. Nobody goes 17 and 0. But, like, you know, it's hard to see them not going 13 or 14 wins. Well, and that, that really was, is. That was going to be my next question, Mike. I mean, you come back, and yeah, I know that Pittsburgh won yesterday against uh, against Tom Brady, who, you know, was busy, you know, picking, picking wedding gifts for Robert Kraft. Um, but. You got to think the Eagles are going to be a heavy favor in that game. Then they get Washington without Wentz. Uh, which might be better for the commanders. For, for the commanders. Yeah, that's really. true. But it's yeah. a Monday night game also. Uh, they they have the Texans in there as well. The Texans are after Pittsburgh, I think, Kev. Uh, the Texans might be that, yeah. Um, I mean, they could go on a pretty serious – maybe the Colt game will be the first one you kind of view as a toss-up at this point uh, going forward. They're going to be a tough team to beat. They're very deep. They're very balanced. Um, as long as Hertz continues to play the way that he has, they're going to be really tough to beat. And I think they – you're I'm going to surprise you with this a little, guys, I think. But they and another team are really interesting to me to watch to see how they fare. And that other team is the Atlanta Falcons. And the reason is that those are two teams that have decided we are going to run the ball down your throats yep. when we need to. And we are, you know, as much as Jeffrey Lurie wants to throw the ball and Howie Roseman wants to throw the ball, as I said, you know where the strength of this team is. Atlanta doesn't have great personnel, 
but they have a very good offensive line, and they are three and three with less than average personnel yeah. because Arthur Smith has just decided, you know what, I'm going to run the freaking ball. I'm not putting the ball in the hand of Marcus Mariota to win me a game. I'd be crazy to and do Mariota that. And Mariota can run himself, and that's his benefit at this exactly. point. And maybe this is one of those years where that becomes like a flip-the-script kind of year for the NFL where the Eagles and, and a team like them are able to take advantage of the fact that everybody's geared up to stop the pass. Because that's what we've been told for years and years and years is the way to score in this league. Yeah. And maybe the Eagles are going to be the team that says, you know what? We will run it down your freaking throat and get at least five yards every time. And we'll get 25 to 35 points another way. And we'll kill the clock on you too. You know, maybe I'm, I'm taking it too far. But, you know, I'm just, it's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on for a while here. Collinsworth made a point of at the end. I mean, he was complimentary of the Eagles all night, but he made a point at the end of saying, "If you're the if you're the Cowboys, you leave that game having used their backup quarterback, knowing you're getting Prescott back, and feeling like, hey, this wasn't too bad. We can match up with them." Uh, if you're Dallas, can you think that as you leave here? Likely, well, you are two and a half games back in the division, basically. Yeah, look, it may not matter if Dallas thinks that or not. Um, it might matter if they meet the Eagles in the playoffs. And, yeah, I suppose you can think that. I mean, look, Cooper Rush isn't good. He just isn't. Um, and they he were was undefeated, the Mike. Anyway, but um, what's that? He was undefeated. Skip Bayless told me he was good. <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that. Hey, if you that. told the Cowboys they were going to be 4-2 and two after that first game, it, it, if we were the it. Eagles and we lost it. Hurts in the first game, yeah. And we were four and we feel the same way. Yeah. If we lost it down, of course that's how Dallas is going to feel. It was a three-point football game in the second half after you were down 20. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying Dallas is better than the Eagles or or no, but you're, you're, but there's I'm no the fear there. There's well, not going to be a Dallas, fear factor. You have to leave here saying, hey, yeah. yeah, we were losing. We threw three interceptions. We were down three, and the Eagles were better than look, us. Look, Kev, Kev in, the NFL, in the modern NFL, nobody fears anybody. No, nah, that's true. That's Nobody true. fears anybody, especially those teams from New York. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, um, let me quickly touch on the other two. Why I got you here? Um, uh, you know, look, the Sixers are the Sixers are one of those teams that's always going to tease you. It feels like they change something every year, and you think they're going to make a run, and it turns out they kind of hit the same brick wall. You know, it's almost like watching the, the Coyote try to catch a roadrunner every year. Um, yeah. is, this, is this team different enough to actually be a significant factor in the East or not? I think P.J. Tucker and James Harden will determine that. I really do. I think they're deeper. I think Melton helps a lot. That's kind of on two old guys. Yeah, but, you know, you're two old guys, so you're paying an awful lot of money. Yeah. And they need Harden to be a facsimile of his former self, and they need Tucker to infuse the team with the kind of toughness that everybody says he has. And Mike, I when, he you, has when you say that about Harden, though, a facsimile, he ain't that guy. I mean, I understand he can be an all-star player, but it ain't going to be, you know, what's he going to average, 21, 20, 21? Yeah, 20, and I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about that, Mike. He doesn't need to score yeah. 35. And he doesn't shoot like he shot, right? Right, but he needs to shoot better than he shot in the okay. last year. He, he's got to be better than he was, and I'm skeptical about that. Look, I so think they much. can make the conference finals. Yeah. I don't think they're better than Milwaukee. Um, Chris Middleton will be back by the time the season's over and the playoffs roll around. Um and talent wise, you know, Boston's better, but I don't know what the hell the Celtics are going to look like. I mean, you know, yeah, the yeah. Chaos. And, you know, today's depth is tomorrow's six to seven man rotation. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think, you know, assuming Embiid is healthy, he'll be there, you know, and I think Maxi, my gosh, that, but he's never, but he's never healthy. Yeah, and and Maxi could own this town, and if, yes, he will. If he's if what we're seeing from him in the preseason is anything close to what he can do in the regular season, holy cow! Yeah, uh, I think he could be, and I'm I'm trying to like downplay my expectations of him because I don't want to get to. He could be one of the greatest twenty third picks or whatever the hell. He, if he really does become an all star type player, which he's showing you signs, he could be the X factor. Yeah, because then Harden doesn't have to be as great as we want him to be. Maybe Embiid doesn't have to be quite, you know, the MVP-type player that we hope he can be again. But Maxi could just be, I mean, 
my God, if he's if he's le- a legitimate all star, yeah, wow. Yeah, I, I I do try to temper my expectations yeah. for him because only because he is so likable. Yes, and he is so he has so much pizzazz mm-hmm. and and genuineness to his personality that I think people want him to yes. be great. Right, and so. Um, that can, that the can hard, get ahead of where the hard, he I was just going to say the hard instead of the head kind of mentality. Right. And, and, and that's that takes nothing away from him because yeah. he made a quantum leap from his rookie year to his second year. Right. If he makes another leap like that, he will be a star. But let's let's just wait to see if he does it. Do any, does anybody think the Nets can be anything? No. I don't. I don't. Okay. I'm just no. – no. yeah, okay. I mean, they, they hate the coach. Uh, the star wanted out. And Ben Simmons is one of your other cornerstones. Well, yeah, the two stars yeah. make one out. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about them. Uh, I'll throw one question on the Flyers because I know Nolan will get upset if I don't. Um, it's a buddy of mine. Um, all right, I watched them on Saturday. And look, they're still not good. I mean, they're not. Mm-hmm. But they're a more entertaining and more eye-appealing style, if that makes sense. Yeah, because there are a bunch of guys nobody knows who are playing hard um, and who have absolutely no expectations other than the team is going to be terrible. And you've got a coach who has some charisma, Uh who is a hard-edged guy, who is telling you exactly what he's doing and exactly what he thinks. Who believes in protecting the crease. Protecting the crease and attacking the crease. Yeah, Yeah. and and two games in, they are doing exactly what he says in exactly (laughs) the way he says it. Um. How far is that going to get them? It's not going to get them very far. Talent will out in this league. And eventually every team plays as hard as the Flyers have played over these first two games. And those other teams have more talent. Um, so, you know, look, I, I think Tortorella is a good coach for this team. I think he can separate some wheat for some, from some chaff for the future. Um, but he's going to have an expiration date, I think, unless he's really changed who he was. Um, you know, it just it becomes hard to to, to – um, deal with the grind of him over the course of time. And you, know, and you think come, the Flyers have going for him? What? Nobody will be paying, paying attention, attention to him until at least after the Eagles are done, which is you know we hope is going to be January or February. maybe February. And then if the Sixers are good at that point, which we hope they will be, I mean, this team almost gets like a free ride for three months, which I think is a good thing because, like Mike said, they'll win some games. They'll play hard. They'll, you know, they're well, not. And, and the other question I wanted to ask, Mike, and I brought this up on the phone with you earlier. You know, Travis Konechny's off to a, a really good start. Three goals, first two games, has been, had a lot of jump, been active, being used on both the penalty kill and the power play. Um, But my question is, are they at a point right now where if Konechny has a good year, they try to, would Chuck Fletcher try to trade him? To try to get pieces for uh, to accelerate this rebuild, I, I, I don't know, Kev. They they have had no distinct plan, and that's um, the, that's where I'm years. going with this. Yes, yeah. Um, look, look. I chuckled the entire summer about the whole Johnny Goudreau thing, like, and the fact that fans and many of the media who cover the team got so bent out of shape over the Flyers' inability to sign Johnny Goudreau. How but, how come they, they didn't clear cap space? This season, they could have made a phone call, though. Guys, guys, they could have made a phone call. It took the Phil. The Phillies had targeted Bryce Harper three years, two to three, yeah. two to three years out. Yep. You don't decide last minute. Hey, let's create cap space to go get Johnny Goudreau. That's not how this works. A, a, a forward-thinking organization doesn't just decide to try to clear cap space to sign one of the most dynamic forwards in the NHL. You have to think ahead. You have to long-term plan. And they didn't do any of that. Yeah. And, you know, so, uh, look, the, I still don't see how they have a plan yet. And and two decent games to start the season hasn't got me thinking that, you know, they, they're going to scrap whatever plan they had and, and they're going to surprise people. It's a, it, it's a long season. They're not a very good team. I think they know they're not a very good team. And, and it's finding out about the goaltender and a couple pieces that you yeah. think you can yeah. go forward to. Yeah, Mike Silski from the Enquirer, a, a number one, and 94 WIP, how are you liking the Saturday mornings? I'm enjoying it very much. Glenn uh, Macnow has made it very, very easy. The transition has been very seamless. 
um, really enjoying it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. All and good. I, and I'm ripping all the tasty cakes off the wall before you get there on Saturday morning. Friday on Friday night. I packed night. my own lunch. I got laughed at Saturday because I packed a lunch with me. Really? Uh, the ballpark. Um, you didn't go to Fr- was- you didn't go to Frank. You didn't go up I didn't to-, go to I didn't go to Frank because the show is from ten to one thirty. I thought I would eat during the show and then I didn't, and so I had a, a almond butter sandwich and an apple that I ate in the cafeteria, and I had all the scribes making fun of me for not getting the free food from the calf. That 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 that, that, that I'm disappointed. You're you're not one of us, Mike. No. no, I've been trying to not be one of us for a long time. <laughs> Mike Silski, uh, Mike, I appreciate you joining us. Be good, man. And Anytime, fellas. Good to see you. That Mike Silski from the Inquirer in 94 WIP. Mr. Kern, thank you for joining. Yeah, man. Are, are, are they going to uh, beat the pods? Um, Yeah, I think it'll go five, actually. Um, I, I, I think you'll see Wheeler and Nola really pitch well in San Diego. That park plays well to both of their styles. I could actually see uh, Syndergaard having a big game in game four. I think they'll lose game three, and then Wheeler will close, hit the closeout. I'm not going to go, go games. I, I think I, I think it's an even series. I, I think, you know, it's it's, it's basically a pick them. Oh, I think it's going to be a lot of 3-2, two, 2-1 two, type games. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, look, if, if Noah and, and – now, look, they've lost a lot of games that Noah and Wheeler have started this year. Not recently, but they they have. But if those guys pitch like they've been pitching, it's just hard for me. And if they get four starts out of them, if it goes seven, you know, I don't know. I think they're going to get past the pods. I think Houston's going to win the whole thing because I I just think they're the best team. And I know I hate picking the best team because that doesn't always work out that way. But, um, look, if the Phillies lose this series – they don't owe me a damn thing because what they've given us the last week and a half has been fun. It's you know, it, it's been like you said for a new gener- generation that maybe yeah. hadn't really experienced this. Um, and it, you know, so look, I think they're playing. I know they're not playing with house money, especially because they're not playing the Dodgers. You know, you're playing a team that on paper you can beat. Uh, but I just think it's been whatever happens. I think it's been great, and you couple that with what the Eagles have been doing. You know, and you're sitting there going, "Wow, you know what's, you know what's what's so bad about it?" And it's just, it's why we cover sports because nobody could have a month ago, nobody would have written this. And, you just wouldn't have. You, you know, you weren't even sure they were going to get in the playoffs. No. I, I thought they were going to get in the playoffs all the time because I didn't think Milwaukee was going to do anything. But um, when they were losing all those games in September, and you're just like, "Huh?" and now they look like a real live team, and they look like the team. The two games in Philly, they look like the team they tried to put together last winter. Um, you know the the funny part to me is the fact that you know the San Diego look San Diego and Philadelphia have had nothing in common, nothing. You're right. Um, and yet you mentioned the Machado Harper angle. Harper's going back to the place he got hit, and you thought his season was over in June. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Um, and that was Snell, right? It was it was Blake Snell. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, the, you know, there's their styles have been somewhat similar in trying to make it through building with a heavy farm or a heavy amount of money. You know, right? And they've kind of AJ Proler has kind of um, emptied the Padres uh, farm system to go get Soto and. You know, they spent a lot of money on Machado and all that. So they've there's a little similarity there. Uh, ironically, both ballpark both ballparks were open in the same year as well in 04. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, this isn't the this isn't going to be the Braves. You're not going to have this fevered, frothing rivalry, and that's what's going to be interesting. Yeah, but it's the NLCS. I yeah. mean, I don't think you need to have a rivalry at this point. San Diego hasn't been to a World Series since 98. I think they've only been to two. I think they made the one that the, when they beat the Cubs that one year in 84 or 85. 84, I guess it was. Well, and they, and, they the in, and they made it in 98. Right. And, they, and they, I don't know if they won a game in that series. I no, think they, they, they were swept out. They were swept right. out, and they won one in 84. Yeah. So, I mean, look, if it's – I mean, the two teams are built – you know, if, if the Padres, if Sosa and Machado and Bell don't hit – 
Soto. The Soto. Padres ain't the Padres ain't winning. If the Phillies, you know, if if I mean if God Schwarber, you know, he's one for 180 or whatever, but I mean Hoskins showed some signs, Harper's out showed some signs, Castellano showed some signs. I mean, you know, it, it's probably like you said, it's probably not going to be a lot of eight seven games. No, but then we say that, and then there'll be an eight seven game. You know, well, there'll be one in there. There's always one. There's yeah. always one oddball game in a series like that. I I, I just I think I look both teams just beat. They're coming off a series where they beat their division rivals. Yeah. Okay. And again, the Padres beat the Mets before that, so they've beaten two hundred win teams. And the Phillies beat a 100-win team, and also, you know, the Cardinals, whatever they won, 96, 97. I don't know what they won. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been watching enough of the Padres in these playoffs. i got to be honest with you. I just haven't didn't watch as much as I probably should have. But the Phillies are just so hot right now. Yeah. They're, 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 you know, it's funny, Kevin. We always talk in sports, you know, when we covered Villanova in, in, in the first time they won. And you talk about teams that have that it. And you don't know what the it is. You can't describe what it is. But when a team has that it, you know it. And the Phillies right now just look like that team. Yeah. And that, I, I don't, I think that goes an awful long way. Now, look, Wheeler could go out there in game one and, and get hit around a little bit, and maybe the mojo goes away. I, I, I don't know. But I suspect that if you're throwing Wheeler and Nola the first two games, even though their two pitchers are good, I think the Phillies should get one out in San Diego. You know, you come home, I think they should win two out of three. And, you know, I think you go back to San Diego having to win one out of two. And with Wheeler and Noah, I think, would be your pitchers at that point. Because um, I don't think they might not pitch Wheeler in game five unless they have to. Right. Um, but I, I'll take my chances. Um, yeah, I'll take my chances with Noah and Wheeler going yeah. four times if they have to. Uh and this is more of a personal note. Uh, look, I covered that beat for 15 years. Uh, you got to know a lot of people who are still working in the organization. And I know how tough these last these last oh, 10 years have been. And so when they had that moment on Saturday and they've had this moments over the last couple of weeks, um, you, you feel good for those people. I know you're not supposed to root, and, and I try not to be a homer and I like to think I'm pretty good at it but you do feel good for people who have worked in the organization and I'm not talking just baseball people there's a lot of baseball people I feel sure for but you know the PR department the people in the ticket office the you know you know uh, you know John Brazier who's been there for the whole time and so you hope that they go win it for them and quite honestly for the city and I'll, I'll leave it at this the city needed this weekend yeah it did. It, it right. really needed this weekend. It needed that pick me up yeah. with everything that has gone wrong and how down the city is about the way it's you know, condition Kevin, is. I was thinking this like, I guess, before game four. What if the Phillies had lost that series? Especially after winning game three, right? Let, let, let's just say they had somehow lost Saturday. Lost Saturday, went go, back to Atlanta go, and lost no, game five. Go to Atlanta and lose. Right. Okay. And then the Eagles somehow lost Sunday night. And I didn't think the Eagles were going to lose. But again, can you imagine what today would have been in this town? I mean, think about it. Yeah. Because we would have treated the Dallas loss like a Super Bowl loss, even though it's game six and, hey, there's... Now we're in a three-way tie with the Cowboys and the the Giants. Yeah, This town would have been morbid. Yeah. Instead, this town is floating on a cloud. Yeah. I mean, again, the Eagles haven't won anything. Yeah, they have the best record. It's great. They're they're one of the best teams in the maybe they're the best team in the NFL. Who the hell knows? But right now they're one of the best couple of teams. Okay, it's not often the Eagles can say that after six weeks. And the Phillies are in the NLCS, and they're not playing the Dodgers. Right. You know they're playing. And I remember I, I thought back in 08 and 09, the Phillies never played the team that had the best record. Okay. In 08, the, the Dodgers took care of it. it. was either the Cardinals or the Cubs. I cannot Cubs. remember. It was the Cubs. Cubs. Okay, and then they played Tampa in the World Series. Who beat, the, who Red beat the Red Sox. Well, although right. Tampa won the division that year. That's fine, but I'm just saying, but everybody was worried about whatever. So they never played the team in the National League that had the best record. In 09, the Dodgers took out the Cardinals, who had the best record. Now, actually, it was the Cubs again. It was the Cubs twice? Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought it was two different teams. I'm no. sorry. But anyway, the Dodgers... 
you could say did them a favor. I don't know. Maybe the Phillies would have beat the Cubs anyway. Who the hell knows? But I'm just saying sometimes things fall into place for reasons, who knows why, what, whatever. But the Phillies have taken advantage of it. And I like, like I said, I said to somebody, you know, the Cardinals game, the first card, but the Cardinals kind of opened the door for them. And so I said, oh, you're being negative. I said, no, no, no. The Phillies took advantage of it. That's to their credit, but they did get help. You know, they opened the door and the Phillies, and here they are. And I mean, I mean, they destroyed the Braves over the weekend. Yeah. Those games weren't close. Yeah. And, and I think the one thing, and we didn't get into it with Mike too much. I thought, and give the manager a lot of credit, Rob Thompson, absolutely outmatched. By the way, it was the Cardinals. You were correct. Um, I thought it was two different teams, yeah. Uh, Rob Thompson totally outmanaged Brian Snicker, and Brian Snicker's a good manager, but Brian Snicker got called with his, his Well, his he got no breaks either with the, the, the pitcher in game three who was pitching for yeah, the first that time. Was, that, that was not a spot he should have started him. Well, probably maybe not, maybe, maybe, but I but I don't know what his options were. Charlie, Moore. and I guess the pitcher probably went to him and said, "Look, coach, I can manage, I can do it." Okay, you couldn't. And the first two innings, he looked great. And then, but if yeah, there's another thing. He well, owned the Phillies this year. Well, here's that the other part: the intentional walk to Schwarber before the the Hoskins home run. Like, yeah, well, but Hoskins hadn't been hitting either. I mean, you get the look. We can go back and question. Oh, I know. I I, I get it. And in game four, he throws Charlie Morton, who who've been four and zero in the elimination games. But that's a different Charlie Morton and the Phillies, and he got hit in the elbow. But look, the Phillies beat him, and they beat him bad. And by the way, Ronald Acuna, dude, yo, uh, that was disgraceful. If I was one of his teammates on the Braves, that I mean, I know nobody's going to say anything, and they would have lost anyway. But how can you do that? Like, how can you imagine if Harper or Schwarber had done that yep. and just stood there as a guy circles the bases? What we would have said in Philadelphia, and I don't know what they wrote. I, I know one pl- pay, a thing in Atlanta really went after him. Uh, I think it was the announcer actually doing the game. Um, uh, whoever the radio voice is uh, really took. But anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, the Phillies are riding a high right now. And you know what? It's just going to be interesting to see how far they can ride this thing. Because um, there's only four teams playing, man. Yeah. And. You know, I know the teams in the American League, especially if the Yankees win, although the Yankees don't scare me. But, uh, yeah, Houston looks like it's the best team left. I get it. But, um, you know. But let me, let me. by the way, before we wrap up, I want to bring up one point that kind of gets to my point about how important this is for the city. Okay, this whole thing. Not just the Phillies, but everything that's going on this weekend. Okay? Yep. Uh, you know Stephanie Farr, who used to work, I believe, at the Daily News with you, correct? She, she's not. She's still with the Inquirer, right? She is with the Inquirer. Right, yes. Stephanie's a good person. Right. Stephanie this morning tweeted this out. For the second time in a month, it happened again. The Eagles won, and Philadelphia police reported no overnight incidents across the city. How about that? But right. you see, here's the sad part, Kevin. If this ends in a championship. Yeah. That won't be the case. Yeah, but you know what? Because the knuckle the knuckleheads will come out, unfortunately, because that's what happens. It's not just Philadelphia. It's it's just about any city that does. But, um, I just hope, this is my hope, if the Phillies don't win the championship, okay, whether it's losing in this round or losing in a World Series, don't, like, let that be what you remember. No, no. You know, remember these la- this last week and a half or however – you know, from the start of the Cardinals series, yep. or actually even going back to when they clinched the playoff spot, okay? You know, winning that game in Houston, um, it's just, just, it's been fun. Yeah. And you haven't had this fun for 10 years, and especially the last two or three years when September was really not fun the way it ended. So, just... By, by the way, you know, uh, the Yankees and Guardians, which were scheduled to play tonight, not playing was officially postponed at we're recording this now at 957 was postponed at 935 after the gates had opened at five o'clock yeah well but it's baseball it's playoffs Kevin they tried it yeah. they're gonna do everything they can because I'm now tomorrow they're playing early four o'clock okay because but they can do that now if this was a national league they might have had a problem because then they would have had to move something but the American League isn't playing tomorrow so no the American but they're gonna have to travel to Houston hey that's life yeah I mean, you know. Although, one thing I'm going to bring up, 
the fact that there's no travel day for a team going between games five and six of the National League series is ridiculous. Wait a minute. What do you? I I didn't realize that. If after if the series goes six, Saturday, a Sunday will be played in Philadelphia, game five, right? And Monday in San Diego will be game six. Why? Why is that? Uh, trying to get compress the schedule. They're blaming the lockout. You know what? Rob Banford should have his job title taken from him. I'm sorry. You got you, especially the fact that you're flying from coast to coast. Yep. But even if you were just flying, if you were, if it was the Phillies and the Yankees, or like the Phillies Be- and the better, Mets, better not have rain in any of those three uh, games this weekend. Well, well, I tell you, it, that, that that becomes more important. The Phillies bullpen right now is a little short. Yeah, I don't know what San Diego's is like, but and it puts all the more pressure again on on Wheeler and Nola yep. because you need them to go six strong innings. Yep. You know, I mean, the look and, and Suarez isn't bad. I mean, he had a, his last outing wasn't great, but I mean, Suarez can be good also. They're going to need more out of Syndergaard, but okay. Uh, you, you can't, but you can't have a game where Wheeler or no. Noah only go like five nope. innings. Nope, 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 nope. And um, hopefully they. I mean, hey, look, those two guys have been, I mean, studs, uh, and for all the flack that Wheeler's taken for, and for all the right reasons over yeah. the last three years, and like you just said. You're probably going to have to give him a contract. And yeah. I only hope that when he gets the contract, you know, he doesn't go back to being the guy, you know. We'll see. It. I mean, he's been great. He's been awesome. He's been absolutely. Yeah. You know, the two of them probably are the main reason why, why they're, they're where they're at. Yep. All right, Mike. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll talk later in the week. You got it, babe. Take right. care. Thanks a lot. Our thanks to Mike Silski for joining us. And our thank you for joining us. Enjoy the National League Championship Series. Enjoy the bye week. This is Work in the Beat.